Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast where we look to reassure everyone that football is fixable. Alright. Alright, Seth? Alright. How's it going? Yeah, it's good. And can I just say, thanks for all the feedback we've had on... Um, we had Coops on midweek, didn't we? Ah, the, what it, was, it was a wave, wasn't it? A wave of fans. <laughs> he's, he's just got this... It's a fanatical fan base now that he's got. Uh, Which, yeah, he didn't want to be associated with, no, but he's, he's, he's lumbered with it now. It's like the shirt sales we've had with yeah. of Coops on. Do you remember uh, Brian in Life of Brian when he suddenly got <laughs> yeah. those people, the, the followers that he didn't want? It was kind of like that. <laughs> you know, He's not the Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coops is. Um, and can I say to everyone, well, he's here again, isn't he? Hello, he is. How are you? Hello. Well, I'm glad that the fan enjoyed me. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't put it like that, but okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what are we doing this week, Seth? Same thing we do every week, James. Fixing football. Wow. All right, then. Um, so, in terms of, as we know, there's lots of things we need to fix. We are soon going to get on to uh, fixing an absolutely major topic around football, which is the money in football. Mm. First, though, can I just say, a couple of silly things have come up this week. Um, yeah, did yeah. you hear what, um, it was on Talk Sport. There was, uh, I just had to bring it up. Carlton Cole was on with Jamie O'Hara. And one of them said something really, really silly. Can I can I guess that it's Jamie O'Hara that said it? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, it actually wasn't. He was the sense in this conversation. So, uh, oh, wow. okay. you know, and he's a Spurs fan, so that says something. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Colton Cole actually said that West Ham's front three are better than Arsenal's at the moment. Oh. Well, they're better front three, he said. It wasn't just at the moment. So what's the silly thing he said? Uh, so, anyway... Um, yeah, and O'Hara talked sense into him, so quite rightly. So, you know, mm. I think West Ham, in, again, going David Moyes, we talked on an episode a little while back, didn't we, about some of the managers we feel deserve more recognition. Mm. I think I said Moyes was one of the ones that I feel so underrated. And West Ham's yeah. sixth or something at the moment. They're, they're sixth, They're just yeah, brilliant. Yeah. The thing is, it's, it's just another proof that bias just blinds people in football. Because Carton Cole played in West Ham for years, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he's saying that West Ham's front three are better than Arsenal. All you just have to do is ask a fan of a particular team and they will make an argument that their team is the best yeah. at something or better than the top teams. It's, uh, it's yeah. just another, another proof that bias is uh, it's very blinding for most people. Is that what you were saying, Coops, last, uh, the other day when we had that midweek episode? The, um, the idea of the fanatic. You were saying you're not, you don't really see yourself as a fan. Oh, yeah, because well, they come out with things like that. Yeah, well, I suppose, isn't it? You can't, you can't, you can only see one point of view, can't you? I suppose if you consider, <laughs> I'm probably being slightly over the top here, obviously, because you're also uh, yeah. sounding a bit like Palpatine. But carry on, okay? <laughs> because uh, obviously, football fans aren't really maybe the equivalent of um, some kind of. <laughs> Um, extremist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, These are the things that are golden about Coops. Uh, we had a moment in the kitchen, <laughs> in between takes. We uh, we were having a bit of a drinking break. Um, I'm sure you won't mind me uh, mentioning this, Coops, because this is a classic Coops. Sorry, moment. he's not listening. So no, no, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, we were having a bit of a uh, drink break, and so James said, "What would you guys like? Do you want a cider?" And Coops said, "Oh yeah, maybe." Do you, do you have whiskey? And James said, "Yeah, yeah, I do. Do you want some?" Coops said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. And then, 
and then in asking, why did you why do you ask about whiskey? And he went, oh, I don't know. I was, what was he, I was thinking about Scotland. Should <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we also? So over the years since we've um, known Coops, he comes out and he just says these things. He often he's drifting in and out of different worlds, isn't he? Does yeah. his, his, that was your theory actually. He's actually in another dimension. I think. Wasn't yeah, it, it was. It was in an episode of the Orville where it's like a parody of Star Trek. And they went to a planet which went between universes, I think. So it would disappear uh, and then suddenly reappear. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's just, it just at one point, it's just disappeared. And then a thousand years later or something, it would just uh, reappear. And it just kind of feels as though Coops every now and again just is off in another universe. And he'd just come <laughs> yeah. back and be like, oh, the, the Zorgons attacked. <laughs> <laughs> He says, so what do you think? Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. oh, wait, you're on Audible now. <laughs> just, uh, what was he said about... Anyway, no, we're, we're, I'm sure you'll get more stories. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's great having Coops on. He's a dear friend of ours. And, uh, yeah, hopefully at some point he'll be paying attention and want to contribute to the conversation. Oh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, you never know. We'll have to edit him in sometime. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, yeah. I, I do have to give a shout-out to uh, one of our fans, actually. Oh, yeah. So he is not even a football fan. He what? doesn't. He doesn't like football, okay. and yet he listens to our podcast. Oh wow! We've oh, not only fixed football; we've fixed people who don't like football to listen to a football podcast. That's wow! Yeah. That knighthood is on its way. It's Absolutely. getting closer and closer every day. Yeah. So, Dave, if you're listening to this podcast, which I'm sure you are, as as the uh, fanatic that you are, then this is a shout out to you, baby. Yeah, brilliant. Um, um, thanks if you were to much. receive a knighthood, who would you want to knight you? Ooh, ooh, that is a good question. Who do I want? It has to be a royal, obviously. But which oh, one? I was going to say, oh. I'd knight you. <laughs> You're I wouldn't brilliant. want you to knight me. Oh. You'd cut my ear off. Can <laughs> <laughs> um, it be any royal? Well, not the queen, obviously, because she's dead. Well, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, if you can choose dead ones, I'd say, like, oh, Henry VIII. Oh, wow, um, that would be cool. Yeah. King Arthur. <laughs> Again, I'd say that Henry VIII was a bit sloppy with his uh, sword work, so yeah, <laughs> probably not that one. Well, he didn't have to do the chopping. So you don't know how good it'll be. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the royals, is it just anyone, any of the royals? Any of the working royals, I think, can knight, is that right? So there's about sort of mm. half a dozen of now. I don't think I don't think you can get Prince Andrew, unfortunately, so that one's off He wasn't list. on my list, to be honest. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's all right. <laughs> He'd knight you with something else. Uh, for the listeners out there, that's, that's tumbleweed. Just, I don't know where that tumbleweed came from. Do we have? So I left, I left the window open there. Yeah. No, I, I mean the obvious choice, I suppose, would be Will, okay. Will or Kate. Um, I don't know. Who would you? Who would you get? I quite like Charles, to be honest, uh, or Anne, actually. Yeah. Oh wow. They're, they're the best. Why? Why are they the best? I mean, Charles is king, so fair yeah. So enough. he is the best. He's top. Yeah, Trump's. yeah. <laughs> that's that's fairly fairly easy one. Uh, and quite funny. I've recently started watching The Crown. Actually, not that of course The Crown is necessarily no. a, a documentation, <laughs> a documentary. But what season uh, are you on? Um, I've actually binged it to be perfectly frank. So I started in January, um, and I'm, I'm still in January. Now in still January. <laughs> okay, I started at the start of January. Ah, and right. I am now. Um, I think, spoiler alert, uh, just a few episodes until I think Diana might die. I don't know, I've got a hunch. Ooh, we'll have to edit that because people might not this know is be... this is what happens. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say because people might be upset, but yeah. Oh, right, yeah. People might not know what happens. Yeah, you're, 
ahead of me then. I think I'm midway through season two uh, and yeah. I stopped. I stopped after season two. The first two I thought were brilliant, but then it was at the point when I was watching it like when it was fresh out and the third season hadn't been made yet and I just oh. haven't gone back to it. Mm. I'm really I surprised that you've watched The Crown. Yeah, the first two mm. seasons were right. I was wow. really, but I think it was, was it during lockdown? Was it like, I can't remember, just before lockdown maybe? It's, it's, I never yeah, it took you as a person who would watch The Crown. And I think anyone who knows James knows what I mean. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyway, um, one other silly piece of news I just need to bring up, by the way. Yeah. Uh, another bit that came out in the last week or so. There was a Chelsea fan uh, calling in to... Wow, that is silly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> calling in to talk sport. I mean, how silly can you get? Yeah. Um, Both those things. They were talking about Cole Palmer, because he's, you know, he's been... We mentioned maybe the um, Bursting Onto the Scene Award is something that he might deserve because he's been brilliant, hasn't he? Well, we um, mentioned that he should technically not be in that category because he didn't burst onto the scene this season. He had already played... Well, he, sort of drip, he was drip-fed in at City, wasn't he? But yeah. He's, I'd say he's kind of, in a sense, burst on the scene at Chelsea, hasn't he? He's really come out into yeah. his front-page news now. And yeah, definitely. In that sense. But, and there's no doubt he's... Um, he's changed Chelsea's fortunes in some ways he's been one of their sort of talisman if you like mm. brilliant player um, looks like a real talent but yeah this Chelsea fan was saying you know watching him is he's, he's something it's like he's like Dennis Burkamp. Um so I had to bring this up being that you know well Burkamp, before you do can you tell us what the silly thing is he said so um, <laughs> I had to highlight this as absolute stupidity obviously and yeah Goldstein and Ben on the uh, talk sports show you know properly discussed that and sort of said you know you can't uh, maybe that's a bit ambitious making that reference but I mean yeah, yeah Cole Palmer definitely um, a talent and in terms of the, the position that he's playing in but obviously he's got a lot to prove but yeah another silly comment from the week I yeah, I had he, to bring it up I was I was raging the other yeah day. he could have made an argument for say that the style he plays is reminiscent of what Bocam does or anything but yeah, he, yeah. he seems to have um, tried to insinuate that Palmer's ability yeah, he's so calm on the ball and what he can do is like Burkamp. And that's just that, yeah. I just thought I had to mention that. They had, to be fair, they did have a good laugh at it on TalkSport. And yeah. it, I, he did then backtrack and sort of change what he was saying. But, yeah. Um, yeah, people need to stop saying silly things. And I suppose that's what we're here for, isn't it? To pick these things out. So. Yeah, that is very true. Well, people also need to stop bringing Arsenal and Dennis Burkamp up in podcasts where they're not involved. If I had to fix football, that would be number one on my list, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I Go back to sleep. You. <laughs> uh, right, so moving on to today's topic, um, we are talking about how to fix money in football. Yeah. This is, uh, I know we say this pretty much every time, but this is a big one. It is. It's because, quite ambitious, this one, actually, isn't it? Yeah, and it's something that I think everyone recognises, that it's, it got so silly that the financial fair play is now turning the teams into these afraid beings that don't want to spend money because they don't know where they are financially Yeah, you, you said this earlier, didn't you? It's been quite yeah. a boring January transfer window so far. Yeah, well, being a supporter of a team that's been charged twice uh, and is missing, there's a big 10-point hole, which is soon to get bigger. And I heard there's potentially a third charge really? this season as well, yeah. Can't you just take the hint? We don't want you in the Premier League, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, even... Even with the second 10 points, I think Everton possibly could still stay up, just not with a third one. Yeah, that kind would of be the 30 nail in the coffin there, wouldn't it? It really would be, yeah. And then Arsenal would be the only team to ever have been in the top flight <sighs> without being relegated. It's a good thing, it's a good thing I'm chief editor. <laughs> <laughs> just thought, you know, uh, it's Arsenal and Everton that have been the longest in the top flight without being relegated, isn't it, or something? Really? Yeah, I think we saw that a while back, didn't we? Yeah. 
I think we were talking about that because it, it was at a time when Everton were fighting relegation. <laughs> that right. somehow came up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so um, yeah, we thought we'd bring our, our dear friend Coops along, um, who in his professional capacity is a master of stats. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he approaches life in a very logical fashion. Um, we thought you might have some interesting factors. He's also uh, a huge football fan, um, if you call Stoke City a football club. Uh, yeah, and Chelsea. Like, and ch- oh, yeah. yeah, in exactly. second balls. So it's just Cess and I today. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I think it's appropriate to have a Chelsea fan tell us about money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking about fair play. Football, yeah. Money is everything. <laughs> Uh, so more yeah. we want more <laughs> so what what are the main problems then would you say football is the source of some of the biggest problems in football it's always been the problem and solution to things hasn't it whether mm. whether it be for immediate success to throw money at new players or anything or long-term success so you spend a lot on a stadium and the training infrastructure and all that stuff it's always involved money and yeah. there's no doubt that money and success usually go hand to hand you know be, teams with the most money tend to be generally win more yeah, yeah exactly so money's always been there and i think it's fair to say that the the gro- its growth of money is exponential really isn't it especially in the last 15 years or so it's just or the salary. Actually, yeah, you were looking at the yeah, wages. Yeah, I said just before, wasn't I? I was mentioning to you on a, on a separate point, but actually now you mentioned that. I had uh, something I saw during the week about um, the the great, the highest paid player each season of the Premier League. Oh, let's see if Coops can get any of these. Oh, so quiz. I'm good at quizzes. Back in the first <laughs> season of the Premier League, Coops, how much do you reckon John Barnes, who was the, the one who earned the most that season, how much do you think he was on per week? In the early 1990s. So yeah, 92, 93, yeah. Uh, per week, I would say about £1,000. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. He was on £10,000 per week. Oh, okay. Well, 10 grand under. a week. <laughs> so highest paid under. player that season. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then uh, Dennis Burkamp was in there as well when he signed. Um, I, I'll uh, I'll edit out the bird camp bit. And keep counting <laughs> you mentioned uh, I think was it was it on our other episode or might be on the break. I can't remember. Um, we were talking about Shevchenko. What do you think his salary was in 0607 He was the highest paid player. It's probably close to hundred thousand a week. Uh, just over yeah, hundred and eighteen thousand pounds a week. Mm. I mean, when you're looking at this, it is a kind of form of sort of hyperinflation, isn't it? It's just looking at from ten grand a week back in ninety two ninety three, to do you know who the the, who the player was who went the most to date per week in the Premier League? I'll give you a hint. It was in 2020 to the 2021 season. I know, so you, oh, there's no point in That's my me. guess, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. What was that? It was over COVID, wasn't it? Uh, does this mean that they were only uh, there for that season? Or? Yeah, so they were loaned Blimey. over. Yeah. It was uh, one season and it was a loan. And... He, he was only loaned for that season, but he played quite a few more years in the Premier League. Tell you what, we'll Don't leave that know. for the listeners. We'll let you think about it and we'll bring it back at the end, shall we? A little yeah. bit of a quiz question there. I like it. Do you know who the most, uh, the highest earning player is right now in the Premier League? I think De Bruyne. Yes. On? I reckon £245,000 a week. That would be, oh, I would that would be amazing if you I were would. that, wouldn't it? I would say it's got to be more than that because Casemiro's on like three hundred and fifty thousand or something. 
Yeah, I think. Mm, okay. It's, it's, he's got to be nearing 400. He's on £400,000. It's almost like we had this conversation before. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have that there. conversation. That was, uh, that was a complete guess for oh, me. Was it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Ronaldo, <laughs> a couple of years ago, when he came back to United, was on four hundred and eighty grand a week. But, yeah. Wow. Just from ten grand a week back in 1992, 93 to 20 years later, and it's 400, 480. Yeah, and that's their wages as well. You've got to consider the actual transfer fees have yeah. been just as exponential, yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think Alan Shearer broke the record at 15 million or something, you know, whereas now now if you go to 150 million, then you're getting a, a, a great player, but yeah. that's not even... That's what Shearer would probably be worth these days, wouldn't it, actually? They, they did a calculation recently, didn't they? Um, oh, um, it was yeah. 200 and something million. <laughs> was it really? 200 yeah. and something million. So is that in terms of economic terms, just like the yeah. inflation sort of thing? Yeah, and probably at his peak, not now, in his yeah. 50s. Yeah, 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 yeah. It probably would be worth that much now. It probably not, no. It probably just as much as his age, I'd imagine. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there we go. So, the money in football sort of brings with it a sort of glamour. It's made the Premier League the... I think you said this to us um, at some point, Coops, about the biggest brands, you know. It's one mm. of the biggest British exports at the moment, isn't it, really? The Premier League, what's all over the world. And I think that's partly because all the money that's in it, the, the quality that that brings like the training pitches and you know yeah talk about the coaches that it's going to attract as well we've got some of the best coaches in the world so with all the the glamour and the glitz it comes with some issues as well yeah yeah it definitely does and Coop's given us quite a good insight into what he thinks is the problem uh, and and potentially uh, a way to go around it why yeah (laughs) that's why you're here that's why you're here (laughs) yeah what what are we paying you for yeah you think you're here for the pizza and Potentially whiskey. Uh, the whiskey that you don't want, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What, do you think money's a problem with football coops? Well, it's interesting, actually, when you thought pause to think about this. I'll be honest, I've done absolutely no preparation for this. And I should also uh, just point out as a bit of an exclaimer that uh, views are my own and I am generally an idiot. Um, so uh, <laughs> don't take any credence to anything that I say, really. Yes, he's so. the cleverest idiot I've ever met, I think. That is but, true. Um, now I was having a think and wonder whether money is the problem um, per se or whether or not it's just greed is the problem. Hmm. Uh, I like that because... Money in its own right isn't necessarily a problem if it's invested wisely and invested well um, and it's, you know, sort of used and applied in, in, in ways that benefit, say, maybe the the, the people that, that, that matter. Um, but... When money's used poorly, it's usually for, for greed and self, I don't yeah. know. And you probably have this knowledge, being a Chelsea fan, that uh, <laughs> greed can, <laughs> can take you to dark places. Corrupt. <laughs> greed yeah. corrupts. Uh, no, we love Chelsea here, don't we? <clears throat> yeah. um, no, um, in terms of the what money's done, why do footballers earn so much? Do you think they should earn a, you know, a salary... Even a, a fifth of what they're earning now, do you think they warrant because of the professionalism, the hard work rate, how difficult it is to reach the top level? Should they be paid? They entertain millions of people. Surely they deserve to be paid a lot, don't they? It's not really for me to say, is it? It's for the no. markets to decide, ultimately. But whether or not you should leave, <laughs> I don't know, football's over to the market. I think it's it's one of those things where you're, you're as... Uh, your worth is basically related to what you bring into the business. And if a team is able to make a profit, then 
paying them these big salaries would make sense because you bring in what you're worth effectively. But I think for sustainability, financial fair play has shown that teams can't really be sustainable uh, mm. in this way because FFP, a lot of people think FFP is a way to stop teams from spending too much, but it's not that. It's a way to stop teams from losing a certain amount each yeah. year. I think it was kind of, it came after, was it Barry went into administration? We've had a few teams that have had, I think Portsmouth did as well at one point. They went to liquidation, mm. didn't they? Yeah. Um, so teams that are going out of business and then you see all the fans suffer because they're, at one point we were chatting to Coops about, and hopefully you can ab- elaborate on it, but saying that football clubs are kind of community clubs, aren't they? That's how they are. I know yeah. they're turning into kind of profit-making monsters now, but... Yeah, well, that's the idea, isn't it? It's, it's the... Uh, <laughs> we're going into the realm of Super League, but it was... Um, I forget which one, but one of the, uh, the, the sort of chief operating officers of one of the... The clubs talking about legacy fans, weren't they? Oh, yeah, um, that was the ah. was it the Real Madrid chap? Yeah, Real, um, was it Perez? That's it, Perez, president of Real Madrid. Yeah, Florentino Perez. Florentino Perez, that was Perez. it. Yeah, but yeah, I can't remember the point you were making. No, I can't really. <laughs> I shouldn't have given them that cider, should I? <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone down. asleep now. Yeah, what yeah. were we talking about? We were talking. About... <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll keep all this in. It's fine. <laughs> this is the best bit. That's why we want Coop's here, right? This is what he's like with us all the time. Not true. just when we're yeah. on air, you know. It's, it's, I think it's those moments when you could spend a good two minutes just painting a, an elaborate picture of something that you saw or, you know, it's a movie or something and you just talk about it and stuff and then you put your emotion into what you've explained and then turn to Coop's and say, so what do you think? And he goes... Sorry, I wasn't listening. You, uh... <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember what we were talking about. Now we were right. talking about um, where we were talking about legacy fans. That was legacy it, fans, yeah. yeah. So that yeah. we can edit this back in now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So legacy fans, yeah. And so yeah, so Florentino Perez uh, was obviously talking about his uh, his. Madrid-based fans as legacy fans, which I thought was obviously, well, not just me, I think a lot of people found that slightly insulting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- I thought, because it sort of implied that sort of fans, the traditional fans, I thought he said, not just Real Madrid, but traditional fans of teams are like the legacy fans. We need to open the game up to, you know, he's, I could see sort of the ambition side of it, but mm. I found it insulting. And that's kind of the concept, essentially, of taking a football club away from being a community facility and turning it into a brand or a franchise that is ultimately just a money-making venture. And I think that's when the money sort of turns sour in football particularly. It turns football sour, doesn't it? Mm. Sort of, you know, football means a lot. All of our clubs we support, they mean a lot to us. To just be seen as like an add-on, like a a fan that's not really that important. Who's he to sort of say in that sense? Yeah, and I think a lot of other teams are wanting to try and find other avenues to make money because that's, that's effectively what he's trying. You can even say... To an extent, but not necessarily the same, Spurs, they've kind of opened up their stadium for American football. Yeah, lots and of so, yeah, different events and you know, music yeah. events and things. So and instead of trying to somehow find a way to gain more money in football, they've quite smartly tried to find ways to entice other sports to... I think that's a good way of making and generating income for the club, you see. This is the difference in how you 
um, it can ultimately gain your revenue, I suppose, isn't it, in football? So there's kind of two two modes of doing this. One is essentially turning um, generating income essentially through making your club attractive to to investors to buy the club or to invest money in the club so that they can essentially make a profit on that money. Uh, the other way is looking for kind of inward investment like you're suggesting there where you can generate income through your existing facilities but that can ultimately be reinvested in the club as a, as a whole. I mean this is a very much the way that charities work essentially through you know making money uh, through ventures that can also be reinvested um, into the organisation's main purpose. And I don't know, in my eyes, I just like to think of football clubs as being there ultimately as, let's say, community facilities. Sort of like a football charity in a sense. Essentially, mm, they, yeah. su- they support the local area. There's nothing wrong with generating money, um, but, you know, having it reimbursed into a club as a... What we were talking about it before, maybe instead of filling the pockets or, or sort yeah. of non-profit making organisation, it would be nice for Chelsea Football Club to finally invest in the the Chelsea area of London. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a dive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Central London really needs that investment. Yeah. yeah. What was your idea about the non-profit um, teams being non-profit? Well, that's essentially it, really. So rather than being owned by owners, they'd essentially be... Sort of government-run, kind of... No, not, not, not government-run, no. I mean, you could have community-based, um, community-run things. Well, I say, if you run something as a charity, it essentially means you can't make any profits. So it means that any profits or any income that is generated um, has to be reinvested in, in the organisation. Okay. It'd be quite radical, though. The government would have to presumably get involved, like they did with Chelsea when... Um, Abramovich had been replaced as kind of the government acquired them, didn't they, in order to... to there'd, be, yeah. there'd be tax implications because the taxman wouldn't get as much money. <laughs> <laughs> That's very yeah. true. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But would you be able to pay... I suppose you can still pay inordinate wages to... Uh, Theoretically, uh, because um, it doesn't stop you generating income, it just stops you paying out dividends, essentially. Um, because if you've got the demand, the fans, the size of, say, the Chelsea yeah. fan base and that sort of thing, they'd be making yeah. loads of money, the sponsorship. I mean, you know. Nuffield, Nuffield Trust, for instance, uh, Nuffield Health, sorry, is, is, a, is, a, is a charity. It's also one of the UK's largest um, independent sector healthcare providers. Mm. Um, it, you, you, you pay to use those services, but the money that it generates is then, uh, rather than being distributed to shareholders is is reinvested in the organisation, at least the principal. Yeah, that would be nice for some of the top teams with the kind of revenue that uh, they can bring in. But this is another point, actually. So if you think about the the one thing that everybody says is really wrong with football generally is the fact that there's no trickle down um, Mm. and that the community, ultimately the, the lowest levels of the pyramid are the ones that suffer the most because there's no money that's invested in that. Mm. Well, again, if if you have a system like that where profits are, are, are redistributed within the club, I mean, the club could also have feeder community um, clubs, essentially. And so if you have a sort of a system which just embeds um, other clubs within a... So as I say, it's taking Chelsea, for example, not just Chelsea Football Club, but also they have a selection of ultimately what you could maybe consider feeder yeah. <laughs> sort mm. of community clubs. And some of the in, some of the income ultimately that's generated from, say, Chelsea could be pumped into the into more community-based settings, which could just not just improve, you know, um, the 
the fortunes potentially of Chelsea Football Club in the future, but also just generally is a, is a good thing for society and yeah. a good thing for the I mean, pyramid. a lot of clubs do things for the local community, don't well, they? they but, do, yeah. But, you know... But it's, it's done as we, a PR. Yeah, <laughs> you, you question sometimes whether, you know, what's the... I mean, just being Arsenal, for example, I know we have lots of associations with local charities and hospitals, and you mentioned feeder clubs. We've got, I think Boreham Wood are one of the feeder clubs for Arsenal and things, but you don't really get the same... We, are, we have shareholders. We, that money goes away to... And for a while, there was quite a toxic atmosphere at Arsenal until I think Arteta's really kind of changed a lot of that recently, but the fans were seeing a lot of money go off to... I mean, we've got American owners, and we're not seeing a lot of investment in the team until the last few years, where actually there's been a shift... But it was very frustrating for a while. And you're seeing teams like United, for example. We had Dan on, didn't we, recently? Mm. Uh, the United fan. Um, and we couldn't mention the G word, if you remember. No, no. Gorgonzola. You couldn't mention he didn't like that cheese. Yeah. Really? No. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the glazers. We decided that uh, we wouldn't talk about uh, the glazers. It's really nice to know, actually, that uh, Coops listens to our podcasts. Um, yeah. What, what was it he said earlier? <laughs> 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 when we were deciding on the uh, episode uh, uh, about Mourinho, was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I've listened to that. I, one, like, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, listen. Yeah. We haven't done it yet, mate. <laughs> we're considering whether you want to be in it. It's just been a busy few weeks. <laughs> Apparently, it has. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's not like we haven't been asking him for the last few weeks to listen to our podcast no, or anything. It really yeah. is a pleasure having him here, isn't it? <laughs> not, not that I'm expecting necessarily um, the chief executive officers of um, I don't know random football clubs to necessarily be listening to things that I'm saying but I'm slightly going back on something I just said about it's all that all clubs are only in it for the money um, <laughs> and, um, but, you know that's probably being slightly over exaggerating of course no no that. no so. uh, you said it with you know sincerity in your eyes yeah. so uh, and this all of that was actually from Coops as well. We're not associated <laughs> with his ideas. No, he right? does not represent the, the views of the Footballist Fixable All Right podcast in no, no. any way. I Absolutely. did put in a disclaimer with the very first thing I said that views are my own and I'm generally an idiot. So. Yeah, we're going to edit that out. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're under the assumption that we haven't got editing uh, capabilities here. <laughs> um, but no, one, one thing, we, we were talking about Perez earlier, the... Um, Real Madrid president, who was also oh, a kind of leader of... So the, you're talking about the um, uh, Red Bull second driver there? Oh, oh no. Uh, That's another sport that's just far too much money in, to be honest. Way too much money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Rome wasn't built on a day. So, with football, uh, Florentino Perez, was it his name? Um, yeah. One thing he was talking about is when, when he mentioned the legacy fans and everything else. One reason why he's so passionate about the project is be- partly, you think, because the teams like Barca, Real Madrid to some extent, um, Juventus are having real financial issues. They're not drawing in the finances that the Premier League is. Mm. We're seeing the Premier League clubs earning a lot more money. So do you think there's an element of bitterness there? Do you think the money is actually fueling his motivation as opposed to the what he put down as the greater good of football was actually, yeah, he was more thinking about the money side of things? I think so, especially for Real Madrid, because globally they've got the biggest draw. They're the, I think, again, they're the richest team in the world. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so he especially has been under the assumption that Real Madrid should be at the the top of the cake almost, the football Mm. cake. And if they're not getting the draw that they should be getting, or if they see other teams or other leagues getting more, then I'm sure there is bitterness about it. There didn't seem to be much of this conversation when Real Madrid was... Uh, at the top and you know Barcelona Real Madrid were winning all of the European buying trophies. most expensive players and yeah. winning all the European trophies didn't no, exactly. rumble then really I think the the issue at the at that time 
was that the Premier League seemed to want to spread out the the money more in the league, didn't they? So it it wasn't this this idea in like in La, La Liga where top three teams get the vast majority of the money in the Premier League. It was spread out quite evenly, and so it was a very competitive league. And, and I think that's partly what's helped the Premier League now, isn't it? You you yeah. come up with this in a conversation we had a year or two ago about the Premier League. What makes it so good is that right teams right down at the bottom still have some financial strength. Mm. So it makes it a competitive league because they go out and they're buying, you know, really good players from all over the world as well. Players are attracted to clubs yeah. in the Premier League no matter what position they're really. in. Yeah, this season kind of proves the competition levels because Man City or Liverpool going to Everton, uh, Brentford, some of the teams that are fighting relegation, you still can't go there like you used to be able to, uh, just thinking, well, we'll get three points there. Now it's a matter of like, oh, yeah. hopefully you can get three points. Like Luton have been, at home, they've been a real mm. uh, tough team to play as well, haven't they? So yeah, exactly. You never know what you're going to get in the Premier League, which that's what you want from a league, isn't it, in a sense? Yeah. You might argue that there is still a big gap between, you might call it the big six or the big, you know, the bigger teams at the top. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's that profit size and that they've become more brands, as, as Coops puts it. Yeah. There was something, Coops, do you stand by it, that you think the top six sides should, should have, you know, soddered off to the European Super League <laughs> and let the rest <laughs> of the teams enjoy the, the leftovers? Just one particular team, right, in the top six. Well, yeah, there's beginning, one particular one. Yeah, yeah, I think alphabetically eight. speaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, AFC Bournemouth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I don't know, it's, it's a moot point. It, it's a devil's advocate point, isn't it? Because obviously everybody generally is against the Super League. Um, <laughs> but from a competition perspective, if you take out the big six, then the Premier League becomes anyone can win. Anyone can be the best team in England. Yeah. And that's quite exciting. That. Yeah. It's kind of like... Um, in Formula One, just so that James can switch <laughs> off for a little bit here. Or all the listeners will switch off as well, yeah. <laughs> well, if you take out Max Verstappen, then it's mm. it's anyone's mm. game, isn't it? It's just the fact that you have Max Verstappen in the best car. Yeah. It's uh, Inevitably, you're going to end up with a... I don't know if you know about this, uh, James, but Super Max won. Did he win all but one... Last you know, year, I actually turned two? off in the end because I was getting bored. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah, right. yeah, I was just watching for the who's going to come second and third. <laughs> uh, it's just inevitable. I think he he might have lost two races, uh, but then he won the rest. Oh, that's just so it's almost like the Scottish League. I, mean, <laughs> just, I suppose you yeah. know who's going to win every week. It's, pretty much. Do you think you want from sport? You want competition, don't you? Yeah, and that's the thing. I think the Premier League, I suppose, which is. I suppose putting my Stoke hat on <laughs> um, is, is, I suppose, a bit maybe depressing uh, when you get to the Premier League. I mean, getting to the Premier League is great. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Getting promoted to the Premier League, the Holy Land, whatever you call it, mm. you know, it's fantastic. But then when you get there and then you stay up again, it's great. <laughs> when you're when you're established as a Premier League side and you know that the best that you can possibly do is finish seventh, <laughs> <laughs> it sort of becomes a bit like, oh, is that it? It's the best of the rest, isn't That's it? That's it. Yeah. Um, and it leaves a bit of a frugal existence then. Yeah, and then there's so many yo-yo teams traditionally you've had teams like Norwich that have you know come up and down and up and down and you you end up going through these cycles of you're winning a, a league in the championship and then all of a sudden you're at the bottom in the Premier League and it's just it must be a very strange we don't really know about that James because we both of us support yeah. teams that 
have never been relegated, no, I think. fair um, point. There was something that Carragher mentioned in another podcast, which Carragher, you're welcome on our podcast anytime, by the way. Um, but he mentioned that with Everton, I think it was 2021, the, the 2021 season, mm. Uh, the wages were something like ninety five percent of the of the revenues. Revenue. Yeah. yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, that's, that's just incredible that's to think that you could it? you could allow a club to be run in that way. Yeah, that only five percent of the remainder of the revenue was for the rest of your <laughs> rest of the club. And the thing is, the, some of the owners and some of the issues you're having, you know, it affects the community. You know, it affects the fans. Mm. The fans are in love with the club, and you've got someone who comes in to take the profits out of it. So yeah. we've talked a lot around the, the problems then. We have a solution maybe in converting clubs into a more um, non-profit based model. It seems unrealistic at the moment to change that, but to oh, be it's honest... workable. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be very workable once... Uh, we've said before that uh, Sir Jim Radcliffe, the FA, they're all going to come on board with us eventually. They're going to listen to the podcast yeah. and they're going to take all these ideas and they're going to hire us as joint chiefs of staff, really. So yeah. it, once that happens, it, it becomes much more realistic. I think I think it's manageable. Give us give us a couple of years, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we've been, only been at this for about, what, three weeks or something? Three weeks, yeah. yeah. So, you know, give us, a, give us a chance, you know. In the space of three <laughs> weeks, we've solved, what, four? Four things? Yeah, at least four things already. Yeah. So um, we've, had at least, one. <laughs> we've had at least three good comments. That's... yeah. You know, it's uh, it... just because you haven't listened to any of them. <laughs> I've listened to I, I have listened to one. Oh, well, yeah. brilliant. oh brilliant! Yeah. Oh, oh dear friend. Anyway, so um, are there any other fixes? Are you, are you telling me you've been in more episodes? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> you've listened to only the well. He's listened to the ones he's been in, presumably. So <laughs> yeah. If you count those, I'll have to oh, let wow. me know when they're on. <laughs> oh. Wow. Didn't even know it was an audible as well. I say, <laughs> well, you told me to get Spotify, so I got Spotify to listen to the first one. Yeah. Um, but I already had audible. I could have done that. I well, did say it was on all podcast. Uh, this is like a plug now. We're plugging. <laughs> it's on all podcast. You just listen to any of the platforms. Yeah. yeah but then well, I, not I, any of the platforms. Just three of them. Well, yeah. So, so on all good platforms, <laughs> yeah. and maybe some rubbish ones as well in the future. Yeah. Well, I've got BBC Sounds. Oh yeah, BBC Sounds as well. We're not on there yet. That's Don't true. Get on there. I don't know what. The I have no idea. Don't know how it works. Into that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not like uh, not, not like Coops is going to listen to it anyway. We're <laughs> on BBC Sounds. <laughs> no. <laughs> He'll scroll past it and go, oh, "No, I'll listen to something else." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we have one possible fix at the moment. Are there any other key things around fixing money in football? We've got converting clubs into those more charitable based models. Do we have any other fixes? Do we need to put more tight caps on salaries and things like that as well? We've got this um, body coming in from the government, haven't we? Coming in yeah. to kind of monitor and regulate football. I think we're going to be invited to be part of that. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. And I think, you know, one thing they might be able to do is start saying, okay, we need to start capping the salaries and gradually, maybe over a period of time, start saying, you know, don't let it increase at least. And maybe mm. over the years, it eventually will catch up to kind of a sensible level in a sense yeah I think some American sports have actually used the capping system and have they worked seems, I don't really know to be honest it, it'll also stop you know when uh, certain players like Fabian Delph went to Man City and important players for teams that aren't as strong being enticed by the uh, by the big money it'll be nice to have a system where maybe there's a limit to that 
so maybe it's not as enticing for them. Fair enough, City is winning a lot, so, you know, Fabian Delph, uh, Jack Grealish, they, to be enticed by potentially winning trophies, that's that's a different story. You can't cap trophies. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, yeah, definitely, it, it'll be nice to be able to... But if you go for money, if you go for trophies instead of money, yeah, that's fine. So you, if you cap the salary and you say, well, you're not going to get paid more, but you can go to this club if you want to, you yeah. know, if you believe you're in more of a chance of winning a trophy, yeah. that's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. Have you figured out yet, Coops, who the uh, player was? So yeah. it was 2021. The only one I was thinking that was here on loan in that at that time was someone like Gareth Bale. He's got it. It was Gareth it Bale. It was Gareth Bale. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well done. Um, <laughs> oh. And if anyone who was listening got that as well, well done. I'm really happy about it because I didn't know that was the answer. So, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we didn't tell him. He was off. He's drifting into other dimensions, and he probably found yeah. the answer there. So I was thinking it's rather a slight dimension actually, because I was thinking uh, <laughs> we were talking about um, the. Uh, uh, kind of like the new watchdog um, um, around, around the football regulator yeah the new regulator mm. obviously these these regulators are always off something like off gem off watch so I was thinking of mm. possibly a good pun that you could do you could call the football one offside I don't know how Whoa. you get the side to work it would be fun it my he's god that's brilliant I'll tell you what um, I'll edit that out and then we'll just we'll say we'll it we'll come up with it yeah, yeah. our 12 listeners are going to love that <laughs> oh, yeah exactly <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> Coops won't realise either because he won't listen to this episode. So <laughs> yeah, he won't know we've taken the glory. Yeah. yeah. Um, any idea though what Gareth Bell was earning that year? It's the most ever yeah, to date. Um, so currently, well, given what you've already said about De Bruyne and that, I reckon it must be about seven hundred thousand a week or something. Seven hundred thousand. <laughs> seven hundred grand a week. Uh, a little bit less. Uh, so Ronaldo was on the second most, the highest when he was back here for four hundred eighty grand a week. Okay, I was a bit over. Uh, Bell. <laughs> Was on five hundred and sixty grand a week in twenty 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 one. That is insane, isn't it? Right. Are we? Uh, so, as we drawn it to a close there. Yeah. Good old chap. Nice for Coops. I think he needs to go and have a sleep now. <laughs> I think so. He's yeah. putting his feet up. He's he's knackered after <laughs> after this episode. I think we woke him up a couple of times. But <laughs> yeah. There we go. It, I think the world heart, to be honest. The world is now introduced to the world of Coops. Oh, I think. Dear. <laughs> yeah, it, we've we've given them a little taste of what's to come. Really, we'll get them on yeah. in the future. I'll try to do some more prep next time. To be honest, oh well, yeah. yeah, maybe listen to I'll another episode. <laughs> 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 so, thanks everyone for listening. Um, as usual, please do follow us. Um, we've you know we've been so delighted with all the feedback we've had, so much support and all of that. So, mm. um, please do follow us, like us, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. We're on all the main major. Uh, podcast platforms yeah. uh, all the good ones and some rubbish ones as well so there we go we'll see you next time bye from me goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me goodbye <laughs>